How do you love? How do you experience love? And maybe as I ask that question, right, all of these different relationships come into mind or maybe you kind of feel that love lift you. Maybe you feel that sense of when love wasn't enough or it wasn't really love. And so when we are talking about the love of Jesus, when we're talking about how much he really loved us, we see it at the very end of his life that who he is, who he is as this man, fully human and yet fully divine, connected so deeply to the love of God that they are one and the same, that he continuously lives that love to the very, very end. And so as we read scripture together this evening, take note, notice how Jesus loves because how he loves is how he calls us to love, how he calls us into being, into relationship with him, not just so that we know it, but instead so that we can share it beyond us, beyond each of us. That as we are going through our day-to-day and the struggles of life, that we can think back to this love that Jesus calls us to and how can I live it now? How can I begin to live it in this situation at this time? Because all of us are going to experience pain and challenges. We are going to experience circumstances that we absolutely cannot change. And yet, how do we love like Jesus even in those very moments? Reading from John 13 verses 33 through 35. Little children, I'm with you for a little while. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Jesus gives this commandment. This is during the foot washing in John, and he gives this commandment as he knows as he knows he's about to be betrayed, as he knows his best friend Peter is gonna deny him, as he's about to go to the garden and pray, and he prays so hard that he sweats, that he is about to experience some form of torture, not just in body, but mentally by the things that are going to be done to him. And so this pain is on the horizon in all of its different forms, and yet he still talks to them about love, of saying, you will be known as my disciples by the way that you love each other. And it's not that you're gonna, they'll know you by how you love when times are really good, no, but this is how are you going to love even when things aren't going your way, when things are really difficult. And so, to think about for ourselves, to think about how do I begin to do that? What does that begin to look like at work and at home when things aren't going well and things seem to be stressful and that anger kind of begins to bubble up inside of us of going, wait a minute, what does it mean to love right now? What does it mean to love self and to love each other? What does it mean 
to love others when you really don't like them, when they are unkind. So often I've talked about love being contextual and that there is a sense of what does it look like in this context, but even to be able to hit that pause button in life and say, what does the love of Jesus look like? That even as he is about to go through the worst hours of his life, he is still asking those around him to love one another. Continuing on in Luke 23, verse 26 and 32 through 43. As they led Jesus away, they grabbed Simon, a man from Cyrene, who was coming in from the countryside, they put the cross on his back and made him carry it behind Jesus. They also led two other criminals to be executed with Jesus. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They drew lots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching, but the leader sneered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he really is the Christ sent from God, the chosen one. Soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him, offering him sour wine, saying, If you really are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above his head was a notice of the formal charge against him. It read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging next to Jesus insulted him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Responding, the other criminals spoke harshly to him. Don't you fear God, seeing that you've also been sentenced to die? We are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. The garden has happened. The accusations have been thrown at Jesus. He's been brought before Herod and Pilate, and Pilate finally says, yeah, just crucify him. I think he's innocent, but just take him away after being tortured. They now take him to the cross. They now hang him on it, allowing him to labor in his dying. And to add insult to injury, now they are making fun of him. Save yourself if you're so-and-so, if you are the Christ, right? Save yourself. The words, the pain, the situation. Jesus can't change the circumstances. He won't change the circumstances as he is fully living into every ounce of what it means to be human and to love us as human to the very, very end. And his love, his love for others his love for humans. Notice he pays no attention. He has no response to those who are mocking him. But instead, he pays attention to the criminal. The one who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
the one who recognized that he, he was innocent while all the others sneered and jeered and made fun of because that was the mob mentality of the moment. That's what was popular at the moment. And here Jesus responds, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. That welcoming, that love, the love in the way that he doesn't respond to some and the way of love in how he responds to one other. And to think about that, of in the most crucial moments, the most stressful where we're feeling like it's all falling apart, maybe we feel like it's being attacked, like there is just too much going on and going, wait a minute, God still loves me. And Jesus keeps calling us into that love to live into it, to hold on to it in our darkest of moments when everyone else says impossible. You should react. You should be angry. You should take vengeance. You should. And here Jesus is like, no. Love. This is about God's love. And God's love does not react in the way that others do. Continuing on, Luke 23, verses 44 through 49. It was now about noon, and darkness covered the whole earth until about 3 o'clock, while the sun stopped shining. Then the curtain in the sanctuary tore down the middle. Crying out in a loud voice, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I entrust my life. After he said this, he breathed for the last time. When the centurion saw what happened, He praised God, saying, It's really true, this man was righteous. All the crowds who had come together to see this even returned to their homes, beating their chest after seeing what has happened. And everyone who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance observing these things. The women stood at a distance observing these things. They observed the centurion who had just been part of the mocking and the shaming and the saying, oh, who are you? You don't know who you are. And how Jesus lived to the very last breath in love. They observed the centurion go, wait a minute. There was something different about this man. There was something different about how he lived. Even those that had stood around being part of the mocking of the mob, even they went home going, wait a minute, something else has happened here. Something has changed. Because that is how powerful God's love is. God's love can change us and can change those around us if we're willing to observe like the women, if we're willing to notice the difference in God's love than everything else in the world, especially about who we are. You know, our identities are rather complex things. There are so many things that make it up. If I said, who are you? You could probably list off. Maybe you do so in relationship. Maybe you do so with concerning jobs or success or athletic ability. And those can all be part of who we are, but at the very foundation, Jesus shows us, Jesus calls us to love. That at the very foundation of who he was, he was love to the very, very end. 
and then beyond, which is Easter. And so to think about what does it mean for him to call to us, to call to you of saying, what if the foundation of your very life is love? How does that begin to change what you say and what you do in every aspect? How does it begin to transform like the centurion, like all those who went home that had been there and all a part of, yeah, crucify him. What does it mean to be changed and transformed in ways that you never thought possible? Because that, that is the story that Jesus invites us into. That is the story that God has been inviting humanity into for millenniums. Because it transforms us in ways that we never thought possible. So how might you allow love to be the foundation of your very life, of who you are, from here on out? How might you be transformed by it? Thank you.